Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Hey Kerwin, where you have the questions and I give the answers. What do we got, Matty? The real Conell. The real Conell? Yeah. Not the fake one? The real one. Wow. Uh, how do you teach or influence mind- mindfulness in Ooh. others? Wow. Look, that's a really brilliant question considering the perspective that I'm in right now. Uh, I'm really deep into my... Um, I go through periods of time where I'm really deep in my meditation practices and then sometimes where it's a bit of a struggle and other times where I just fall off the wagon. And right now I'm in some really cool stuff. I'm doing some deep, some deep, deep, deep meditations, which is great and it's very blissful and all that jazz. But, um, you know, it, it often begs the question, how do you teach this to somebody else? And, you know, I think there's two ways that you can teach it to someone else. First of all, you can offer the, you can garner their interest by you know, associating with and connecting with things that are already important to them. So if someone's really interested in, um, you know, having a good memory, if someone's really interested in the ability to retain information, if someone's really interested in, you know, learning how to perform at a much higher level, meditation and mindfulness can be quite attractive because it's one of those things, you know, the research tells us after four days of meditation, like we actually increase our level of, uh, our ability to get into flow states by between 20 to 30%. And when you consider flow state, that's what, that's the highest, that to me is like the, it's like uh, it's the holy grail. It's the it's what everyone's really looking for. Like when you're when you when you're trying to attain high levels of performance, the goal is to attain the highest level of performance output, doing something you love in a way that is just effortless. And effortless, you know, finding that effortless behavior really connects with you know is really understanding how to connect with flow states. And meditation is like the doorway. It helps you connect with flow states. It literally is like an invitation to uh, connect with flow states on a far more regular basis. So you know, the first way is by association. You can connect it with things that are important to someone. The second thing the way that you can influence someone or, t- or teach someone, I'm going to go more on influence because you know, it's hard to teach someone something they're not interested in, is through the demonstration. You know, and I see this really, I see this firsthand with Noah. Like Noah, um, he now is four and three quarters. Don't forget the three quarters. He'll be five in January. Uh, but he's a regular on the meditation scene. And what I mean by that, I've never actually taught him how to meditate per se, but because he sees me doing it every morning when I'm with him, because he sees me doing it every night when I'm putting him to bed, uh, it's something that he's now starting to model. You know, he's starting to do it in his, in his own little way, in his own unique way. Sometimes in the morning when he comes in and I'm meditating, he'll come and sit on the bed with me and he'll meditate with me uh, whilst I'm actually meditating, which is just him duplicating what he sees me do. He'll, you know, close his eyes, put his hands together, close his eyes and sit there sitting up and, um, you know, do his best to, to put on a good Zen vibe. Um, so look, I think the way that we get into meditation is going to be ev- different for everyone. But for me, it's like, how do you connect it to something greater than just meditation? Because most people go, meditation, yeah, I've tried that, it doesn't work. Um, and so it's, it can be one of those things that's quite difficult to enroll someone in. But if you can find out the things that are really important to them, like, and you can find out how you know, meditation provides the benefits, the things that are important, and you can connect those values together, then there's going to be a little bit more neurological stimulus that is going to be driving that behavior to become a little bit more, um, to create a little bit more of a uh, biochemical or neurochemical motivation. Because motivation, for the most part, is a set of neurons that are connected together, that fire together all the time. And that creates this, like, this urge to do things. And so the way that we create the urge to do things that we don't do yet is by raising their value. And the way that we raise their value is by looking at how they affect the things that are already important to us. And we, you know, when we add more ones and ones and ones and ones to the things that are already important to us that is attached to a specific behavior, then that just increases the probability of that behavior then taking place. Let's just set the example or find out what's important to them and connect it with that. Just in Mel B. How long did it take uh, your positive way of thinking to become a natural way for you every day? Or do you still have times where you... I still have times. Like, like uh, uh, and again, I don't think in a positive way. Like, this is something that a lot of people would find probably a little bit astounding. I'm, I'm not a positive... Th- I don't espouse positive thinker. Uh, uh, sorry. I don't espouse 
positive thinking, I espouse consciousness. And consciousness contains two aspects to it. It's got positive thinking and negative thinking. So I actually, I, I am okay with both. For me, um, it's not about thinking positive all the time. It's about balancing my thoughts out, but having the, the overriding arc of my mind being driven in a particular direction based on a theme around I, I am, I am, I am not, I am. You know, I am a good person. I am a bad person. I am such an idiot. I'm so smart. You know, I never remember people's names. I have a photographic memory. Everything I see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and read, I recall with crystal clear accuracy. So for me, you know, it's more about the identity of self Okay, then it is about the identification with a specific type or, of an emotion, whether it be positive or negative. For me personally, you know, I, like anything, consciousness provides access to more information to be able to see both the positive and the negative, which gives you this underlying balance of, oh, wow, everything is in balance. But just like any other form of discipline, if you don't practice consciousness on a regular basis and this happened to me a few weeks ago you know i wasn't practicing my my conscious my rituals i wasn't meditating i wasn't being mindful i wasn't you know i wasn't doing what it is that i do on a normal basis and all of a sudden my thoughts and i was in a i torn my hamstring i was in the us i was stuck in a hotel room i couldn't get out i was eating donuts all day uh, and then before i knew it my thinking started to slide you know as did my abdominal recesses as well but it what, my ab what was happening with my abdominals was an indication of the amount of activity that I was doing for the disciplines that required that function. You know, if you want to have strong abdominals that are, you know, out there for the world to see, then you've got to have strong disciplines around exercise. You've got to have strong uh, you know, disciplines around nutrition and hydration and diet. Uh, and as a result, you will see positive benefits, you know, reflected in the body. The same is true with consciousness or what you refer to as positivity. For me, if you're not exercising the conscious muscles on a regular basis, then it's very easy to slide into you know, um, unconscious thinking. And unconscious thinking is where we get into trouble because that's when we start getting onto a negative loop. And if we get onto a negative loop and we're unconscious to the fact of a negative loop and we just allow the brain to stay on that loop, then before we know it, we can drive ourselves into all sorts of irrationality and even depression just by not keeping our mind in check by staying on, on top of it with a heightened level of consciousness and a heightened level of awareness. So for me, it's not about thinking positive because I think positively and negatively about almost every situation. It's about being conscious of the elements that are, that are attributed to both and being aware of whenever there's an imbalance in your perspective that is being driven by the desire to just only look at one side, only look at the positive, only look at the negative. Because we, there's a lot to be gathered. There's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of experience to be garnered as a result of seeing things as they really are, which is both positive and negative. Um, it provides a much heightened level of opportunity for greater levels of emotional balance when you see things that are both positive and negative. You know, you tend to have less ups and downs because something that bad happens, you see the positive. Something that good happens, you see the negative. And as a result, you're not doing as much of this. So for me, yeah, consciousness is the muscle that you want to exercise. If you don't exercise that muscle on a regular basis, then it gets a little bit soft and it can open you up to all sorts of you know, undesirable behaviors and ways of thinking. Hopefully that helps. Do you um, like my pink bottle? The Romac on Instagram. The Romac. I'm in the beginning phase of starting a business. How do I find my target customer? How do you find your target customer? Well, first of all, you've got to ask the questions. Who is my target market? Um, you know, finding, identifying your target market um, is much like fishing. I can't tell you who your target market is, much like I can't tell you what sort of fish you could go and look for, because the sort of fish that you should go and hunt for or should go fishing for would really be determined by you know the the conditions of the area that you live in, um, the estuaries and the streams and the oceans and the bodies of water that you have access to, uh, the types of fish that are native to those areas, uh, the types of foods that those fish will actually respond to, the types of lines that those fish are, are most attracted to when fishing, the types of hooks that they're most likely to get caught. There are so many variables that you need to consider when you're going fishing, and the same is true if you really want to identify the avatar of your client. The avatar is you know I, the the avatar is you know, 
who is your ideal target market? Who is your ideal client? And normally, you know, when it comes to identifying your ideal target market, you normally identify three different segments. You know, you'd get your A's, you'll get your B's, you'll get your C's. And, you know, A could be, you know, any, you know, basically um, uh, male, female between the ages of 25 and 55 who have an 80 to 90 cent probability that they've already got a family uh, and that run a small to medium sized business that are in a certain specific geographic area. And that gives you a little bit of an idea of what I'm talking about. You can start even breaking it down even further, but it really comes down to asking the questions. If you're in the startup mode right now, I'd be looking at the potential competitors that you might have in the, in, in the market. But if you're in a startup and there's nothing like what it is that you do around, then you actually have to start to visualize and use your imagination and start to think, you know, get onto the edge of the, get onto the, edge of the particle of light like Einstein did and you know, have a look around and see what that looks like. Start thinking to yourself, you know, what does the ideal client look like for this business? You know, what is the ideal age demographic? What is the ideal income demographic? What is the ideal location geographic? You know, what are the certain psychodemographic psych, psych behaviors? You know, do they have, are they married? Do they have kids? You know, do, are they invested or interested? in certain hobbies, political affiliations, sporting groups, and start thinking about that and really defining, you know, because you can go, there are some people that can, you can go to the root, you can go too far with this, but to me, it's like, how do you find a good, you know, a good ABC, this is my absolute ideal, this client's not so bad, and this is a, you know, a client that I can, I guess you could say, and I don't even like to use this language, that I could tolerate, but it's not ideal. For me personally, I'm only interested in A's and B's. I'm not interested in working with C-grade clients. For me personally, I might have C-grades that are working with me peripherally, but when it comes down to a personal association and one-on-one, I'm only ever looking for the A's and B's. And in the context of B's, it's only the B's that really want to become the A's, if that makes sense, who have that aspiration, that motivation, that desire. So hopefully that helps. Um, but yeah, my, my question to you is start asking bigger questions. Uh, and once you get the answers to those questions, you'll have a good profile of who your ideal target market or AKA your avatar is. Sarah Thomas. Hello, Sarah. If you could go back in time to give encouragement uh, slash words of wisdom to your eight-year-old self, what would you say regarding ADHD as the world outside doesn't always see it as positive, uh, even if you do? I would go back to my eight-year-old self and say, dude, you are smart. You're one smart mother. Don't worry about the metrics of intelligence and how they use, how they measure it around you because uh, the people that are measuring intelligence around you really aren't that smart after all. Um, so yeah, I'd just say to myself, it's okay. Everything will be all right. Um, don't measure intelligence by your grades. Measure your intelligence by your ability to connect with other human beings. That's exactly what I'd say to my eight-year-old self. Thanks for listening to Hey Kerwin. If you would like your questions answered, don't forget to use the hashtag Hey Kerwin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. 